welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. We are back, you know, mostly to uh, comedy and game design, but we had a lot of fun last week reviewing some games out there, doing our top 10 of games of the year 2021. Mm. Uh, you know, dealing with real games instead of these made up ones that we do every week. Uh, so, Trev, I thought maybe we'd just do a little bit more of that. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the games we've been playing as a bit of a, at least a mm-hmm. bit of an intro before we really, you know, get into the game design discussions. Yeah. Okay. So, and we can, we can take some of the ideas from these, you know, indie and, and whatever else games, like most, mostly minor indie games today, ones that I'm bringing to the table. But yeah. I know there may be some AAA in there. Well, that's um, it. And we can certainly use the ideas. Like, I, I think maybe it will bring a new element to, to the podcast if we can take some of the ideas from some actual games and then sort of compare them, like bring them into our own game designs. Like one thing I noticed from last week is they seem to use, uh, you know, some, some actual properties out there, like disturbed and, you know, deserve that MTV, MTV's Tetris legends. Um, today's the first one that I've got is Jackie Chan's motocross hunt. Okay. Yeah. This is a fairly recent one. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't caught that one yet. I don't think it's on Game Pass, so. It's kind of like a cross between, you know, a sort of martial arts game Hmm. and, like, you know, Ubisoft's uh, Trials fusion series and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, like, the 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 3D, faux 2D, sort of the 2D plane. Yeah. So, it's kind of like a cross between a 2D beat-em-up and a 2D... It's like Trials Double Dragon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's all Jackie Chan. Okay, cool. So, does he do... Like, Jackie Chan's so well known for kind of using the environment in his fighting and, and really kind of... F- you feel like he's on the back foot constantly, even though he's, you know, obviously such a skilled martial artist and always mm. comes out in front. Do they manage to bring that into it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've... You've got people fighting from the front and the back, but you can use things from the background and things from the foreground as as part of your yeah. part of your fighting thing. So you're almost fighting in three D, even though it's only on a two D plane. It's- I did see an actually because I did see an amazing clip, and I don't know if this is a, a standard move that you get, but where he's like, you know, going along on his motocross bike, but then he kind of does that move where like. He puts his feet down, brings the bike out in front, so th- and it's still going. The wheels are going, and just like, it f- just like flips it up, so it flips over his head, hits all the people in front of him, like the spinning wheels just smacking into him, blasts yep. them everywhere, and then kind of somehow manages to like flip it up and behind him and get immediately back on it. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I have noticed though is obviously when they filmed that trailer, they must have had the the gore mode set to minimal. Because if oh. you just if you just log into the game as as per normal and don't go to that that setting, yeah, yeah, people's faces are no longer there if you, if you do that sort of move, <laughs> like it just rips their faces off and like. I mean, I guess that's one of the wonders of like modern. You know, you know, when, when we were back playing Quake and saw Jibs for the first time bounce around, <laughs> we were, is it Jibs we, or Gibbs? I always said Jibs. But I guess it is no, because it's it's from giblets, right? Yeah, but it's giblets. Uh, 
you've, you've got to go back to the, go, go back to the creator of of Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be a GIF versus because, GIF thing? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, I might I be on the wrong side. It. I might be on the wrong side of this one. <laughs> but no, we definitely we didn't we didn't consider how far the technology could go when we were playing Quake, you know, twenty years ago. Uh, but I guess Jackie Chan's motocross. Adventure, what was it called? Jackie Chan's motocross hunt. You hunt. It's it's right. been everywhere, and and the other thing is like the first half of the game, you don't even have a mo- you don't even have like the the motorcycle. Or every time that you get one, you have to go. It runs out of petrol, and you got to go find the next one. Oh, so like, it kind of becomes more of like a power up situation, yeah. almost. Right. So it sort of just becomes a bit of, like it's mostly just a beat 'em up. In that it's way. a beat 'em up with but very awesome trial sections. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then what's the hunt aspect? Is that just part of the story? Is, or Well, it's actually- So, the, the, the story is there's a motocross gang that are actually hunting for Jackie Chan. Right. Is Jackie Chan playing himself or is he- is Jackie Chan is playing himself. Okay. Um, Makes sense. So, he's, he's actually like- it's, It says Jackie Chan's motocross hunt, but the motocross- company uh, uh hunting for him because he actually signed a a um <laughs> advertising agreement with right. them to to like you know promote advertise their, yeah promote and advertise their motocross products but, but the problem is they're run by the yakuza in japan right. yeah and he didn't realize that and him being chinese and all this sort of stuff and like there's a little bit of a little bit of Sort of stuff political. that was going on there and it got very political, so he mm. decided that he didn't want to be involved in that. Is this based on a true story or is this just like a weird fan? Because it's almost a magical realism. I don't know. It's a it's a weird meta kind of aspect with it with it being himself and uh, and presumably then being a celebrity in game. Yes, a little bit of a Space Jam situation. It kind of is. You know, there, there's a there's a couple of really really cool uh, segments in which you can, uh, you know, get a uh, get away from the motocross gangs and be riding on a motorcycle across like all the um all the roofs and all this sort of stuff and do oh, like, flips nice. and and get you know um sort of score multipliers happening and oh yeah like a Tony and, Hawk style yeah but it. it it goes in combination with what you've done before. So if you keep on, you know, you're kicking people and all this sort of stuff, you jump onto the bike, you can keep that combo multiplier going. And if you keep that combo multplier all going until it runs out of petrol and then you keep on beating up guys, you can keep oh, you it going, keep into it going. The next into the next motocross. That's cool. This sounds like a game we should have come up with in our combo meters episode. But really this is a have. real game. Like they it was obviously already in production. By that point, so well, it, it was you know Christmas's big se- seller. Yeah, it did come out three days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why it it didn't make our game of the year list. Obviously, it came out a bit late for that. But, uh, oh, it sounds and like it's pretty good. Not everything can, can can make our game of the year list. I mean, there's only ten games that can make it. And it didn't even make it into the honorable mentions because I only played it like this week. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I might. Have, I'm gonna have to pick that up. That's really cool. Uh, well, yeah, I've been I've been playing some new stuff too. And this one is on Game Pass, so we should uh, we should try it out multiplayer sometime. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of Confusing Hammer Party. 
Ooh, I've heard that's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a, it's like a top down, or like a three quarter view sort of actiony game, and uh, and the big part of it is just like spinning this giant hammer around mm. yourself, right, and knocking things about. It's kind of there's almost like a pinball-y aspect to it because there's a lot of just physics based kind of bouncing around the level, but with this hammer and, and sort of knocking people off the edges and knocking people into things. Uh, very, like, whimsical vibe to the whole thing. Yep. But, you know, the whole sort of story behind it is that you are at this party, like you start at this party, and so there's sort of a lot of, uh, like, lights going on and music playing, and it's not- it's not- there's not rhythm aspects to the gameplay, but it feels very rhythmic at yep. times as you make your way through these levels and you're kind of knocking into all the people, you know, who are dancing and, and sitting around the level. And then it breaks out of the party as you go on and kind of the story continues, you know, out onto the streets. And uh, so, so is it level based or is it more open, open world once you get out of the party sort of thing? Like uh, there, there are multiple ways you can go. But I don't, I don't think you make your way back through those levels. So there's kind of choices. There's a bit of replayability there where you, yeah, you start in the party and then you're sort of on the streets. And then as you go, you know, depending on which direction you take, you might end up sort of through the park or you might end up on a train, like literally going through the train, um, cars one by one, uh, making your way to the end. That'd be interesting. So it's very kind of, uh, Twitch, Twitch based. And then you, uh, you end up- Twitch, is with- there Twitch integration? No, no, no. I just mean like Twitch- um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Reflexes, you know. Reflex based, yeah. Uh, sort of, yeah, very- It has like an arcade feel to it. Play- plays really well on the gamepad. And I really like the way- So, like, to get your hammer spinning, it's got like a little um, move on the right thumbstick. You don't have mm-hmm. to keep it going, but like it's- You kick it off with that move and that sort of- It also- It comes into play for like where the hammer- starts which you that the sort of where the rhythmic aspect comes into it is because this hammer's spinning around you at all times if you want to hit something specific or in a specific direction you kind of have to time when you get close enough to it that the hammer's going to come and hit it from the right direction how is it how easy is it to get it spinning in the other direction is it pretty pretty much it feels it feels natural to just you know, hit it against something and it starts spinning back in the other direction, or is it? Yeah, if you less so intuitive sort of than different that. element. You, you, there's, they've done a really good job of uh, visualizing like what things will just break and what things you'll bounce off in that way. So yeah, there is sort of a bounce if you hit something that's that's just not going to break. You'll bounce and start spinning in the opposite direction, um, and you, there are levels where you can really use that. Uh, and I think like. I, I don't tend to watch the speedrunners, but I can imagine that in some of these levels, it's all it's all about really getting that back and forth. Like you can get through some areas by just like quick bouncing back and forth to really because it then the bounce sort of propels you back as yeah. well. I could um, imagine, given that it is physics based, that the speedrunners would have broken the fuck out of this game. Like they just would have. Oh, probably. I mean, kind of like what we what we were talking about a little while ago about. Um, the new Five Nights at Freddy's game where they, they've totally demolished that game right now. It's The speed right. runs down to like three minutes now. That's like it's, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but if the physics system is, is, you know, the weak link, they're going to attack that. 
Yeah, for sure. And look, that's and that's fine. I feel like the way that uh, speedrunners play games, you know, that doesn't particularly take away from how a game's intended to be played, as long as the physics aren't so broken that you just in the normal <laughs> in the normal in, in the, the normal, normal playing of playing. a game, you you sort of run into broken stuff. But I haven't found that uh, in 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 Hammer Party at all. Uh, I, I know that it, very early on in develop in the development cycle. They were talking about having different unlockable Hanimas. Yeah. Like an actual- I started thinking- There are cosmetics. Are they, are they actually going to do it to the point where they actually get, like, companies advertising their hammers in the game? <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Um, but, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an indie dev team uh, out of Adelaide, I think- uh, who put it together? So I don't know. Maybe if they if they can get some some money for sponsorship to sell, you know, sell <laughs> it, then maybe. Um, I think there is an Easter egg in there uh, where you can get Mjolnir as your hammer, and okay. I don't I don't think it actually affects the gameplay. So they probably get some flack for that because it still like bounces off things and stuff. And how are they worthy? Well, again, I, it's kind of more- It's just. It's sort of just a skin that they added as an Easter egg. I oh, think okay. I, I, I suspect that- So, it's not the real Marvel. hardcore Marvel fans- Yeah, I guess it's someone cosplaying as Thor, but- uh, Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because there are- there are Because um, you can throw the hammers too, right? And that, uh, that really comes into, again, the timing of the swings. But they certainly didn't make it that you can recall Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, it's cool. It's it's, it's cool. cool, and I'd love to try out the multiplayer side of things too. How, I feel how like does that multiplayer be- work in this? Is it uh, so they definitely they have some arena modes where okay, it's yep. really just around knocking each other like off the edges. So it, it really does come down to the timing of you know spinning your hammer, hitting them at the right time, or throwing it at the right time. And of course, if you throw it, you have to like go and retrieve your hammer. Oh, so they don't they don't have the God of War, you know, retrieve. No, it. no, no, no. You can't like, and uh, that'll work really well with the Mjolnir mode. I've got to. Well, I've that's got to admit it. That. Yeah, that's another thing that the Marvel fans I think would get pissed off about is that you can't recall your hammer. I mean, if you if you're able to play with Mjolnir, then you should be able to play as Thor, like because he's the only one worthy. <laughs> I mean, let's not go too deep into the war. Technically, you could play as Captain America, I guess. <laughs> Spoilers for a two-year-old movie. <laughs> and a probably, like, 20-year-old comic book, I imagine. <laughs> Whatever it's based off, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we should- That's what I've been playing. We should give that a go sometime. Uh, is there anything else you've been playing that you wanted to discuss before we maybe get into some game designs? I think we should do one more each because these are kind of fun. Um, just, to, just to have a look at what other just people to- are doing- but I know this one I kind of don't really want to talk about, but Unpleasant Harpoon Factory. There's okay. There's just something that this is I mean, not when, one when, I've when they say unpleasant, they really mean unpleasant. Like you can tell these harpoons are not they're not made very well, and the entire like. The fact that the whole game's set in a factory and they do kind of like a a Batman Arkham Asylum sort of thing where you're you're a security guard, some thieves have come into the to the unpleasant and it's called Unpleasant Harpoon Factory because 
like is that like the company name? Yeah, like the unpleasants are the are the owners of it. Oh, okay. They feel unpleasant gotcha. and oh, and unpleasant and yeah. yeah. So there's basically there's some there's some international jewel thieves that come in and they're they're looking for harpoons so they can they can raid an an underwater base. Okay. And they take over the entire place, and you're just a lowly security guard that you're in your security office, and you start noticing all the cameras going out. Yeah. And you realise that you that you left the front door unlocked when you went out when you last came back in from Smoko. Right. So How does this? Because um, I think I think I've seen a few sort of screenshots, but uh, I haven't really seen it. Played like how does it play out? Is it uh, there's, there is like a you lot said, of it's kind of Arkham Asylum ish. There are so it's like third person, yeah, third person. Yeah. There's a lot of sneaking through vents. I mean, you start off and all you've got is like a baton, like mm. you don't even have a gun or anything like that. So you, you're sneaking through with a baton, and by the time that you make it through to the first um, first floor of the factory, they've already loaded up with harpoons, so they've got. Like, all these shoddily made harpoons, right? Yeah. I say shoddily made because they the heads are too big and the sticks are too too thin and all this sort of stuff. Pretty much any time that they throw one, it breaks on impact. It's, right. They're kind of- I guess dodgy. they kind of have to do that from a gameplay point of view to- Yeah. To kind of just have I mean, these. there's millions of these things being thrown around by the end of it. Yeah. Um, it's a very short game too. It's only about, you know, two and a half, three hours- Okay. I think they were selling it for like 50 bucks, weren't they? Yeah. Jeez. So, I know. Um, Not a recommendation from Trevor then? I, I get what they were, where they were sort of going, but I, I think their, their ideas were too big for how much, mm. how much time they actually spent developing this, given that this started yeah, off as Game Jam game like. and they- kind of didn't do anything after the weekend it feels feels like <laughs> they just put out the, the 28 hours uh and sold it for 50 bucks i mean it certainly sounds like they at the very least like made it on a budget and trying to recoup that with the high cost and just have not priced it well has it been selling well um that i don't know i know i bought it and i finished the game and it was just outside the two hours so i couldn't uh, refund it on steam but yeah. i kind of don't like doing that anyway because that's just not if you've actually wrong. played through the whole game yeah. but yeah all right well i think i'll probably stay away from that one <laughs> i think it's not worth my time yeah um i don't remember who who made it uh and yeah it's yeah it, it it gets a, it gets a seven out of ten from me. That's that's about as low as I'll go. Mm. Well, the only other game I've really been playing lately um, is one on my phone, and we don't talk about phone games a lot. But this is one that that I just like. It's got some good. It's a good toilet game, right? Well, it's a good toilet game if you want to spend five to ten minutes on the toilet at a time. But okay, yeah, generally short rounds. Um, and it's three uh, D Fire Runner. Okay. It's it's actually based off like it's it's a re like sort of a remade three D version of the original Fire Runner, um, which I, which was back on I think the Super NES. Okay, yes, yes, I seem to remember that. Uh, and so they haven't they've changed the gameplay up a little, but mostly it's just 
Um, Mostly like just a, in a, a 3D dimension. version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they've just, they've obviously remade it all. Um, it looks looks quite nice for a phone game, actually. That and was, the, that, Fire Runner was the one where you, you're the personification of fire, aren't you? And you're, yeah, you're literally so running around. It's a very, it's very sort of fast paced, almost an Endless Runner style sort of thing. It's, it's, uh, it's funny because I was thinking like, oh, but Endless Runners weren't around then, but like, Really, that style of game, like, it's just more of you do it, like, you get as far as you can. Like, arcade games have been doing that forever, really. really. So, yeah, you're running around as this flame person, essentially, and mm. you have to make sure that you're uh, keeping up your, like, your fuel, like, collecting fuel to keep yourself live. Uh, yep. So, it's just a lot of sort of um, quick decision making uh, on which direction to go, like, you know, make sure that um, you've got an. You know, you can you can take shortcuts through like a waterfall as long as your flame has been built up enough that you're not just going to completely douse yourself because it'll be you know it'll, it'll be you'll you'll get more uh, collectibles that way. But you know, you, you're taking the risks. It's not a it's not a hard and fast. Oh, I have like five fire points left, and you know, you sort of have to do it visually. Cool. But yeah, I just I like it as just a. Like I said, short little runs. It's got a um, like a high score table. That has I, like, it been hacked to- by everyone yet? And they managed to put in these massive scores. No, no. Actually, I think um, I don't know what tech they're using, but they've managed to. And it's it's sort of relatively obscure, so I think nobody's bothered that much. But um, I try to keep myself uh, in the top fifty of the week. Um, you know, you generally do okay on it, so. Cool. Uh, cool, cool. You cool. should get on so that we can compete. I always like having friends on those games too. Yeah, I don't like being on on games like that with you because you always beat <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Give, given that you spend you know three four hours in the toilet every day playing well, these ca- sort of games, <laughs> so it's more like maybe one hour cumu- cumulatively on the toilet, and then other times when I should be working. You're just playing the game, and then playing the game. I remember, I remember one of the one of the games that we played many many years ago. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Holy Fun Summoner. Um, if yeah. you remember that 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 game where <laughs> you wrote that all the you time. wrote a bot to actually get you the high score for the day. Like, I mean, that one that one had some like a fairly limited number of moves. Uh, that that really worked. So, yeah, and that was back when I had a bit more spare time. But uh, yes, I I was consistently at the top of that leaderboard. <laughs> uh, but no, this one, like I said, I don't think this one has been hacked. So it would be at least a fair game. But I have been playing it for a couple of years now as my kind of go to game. So couple of years. I thought you, I thought you were reviewing something new. No, it's just, it's the only other thing I've been playing, because I'm just always <laughs> playing it. Okay, I, I should check it out then. 3D Fire Runner. Yeah. Okay, so, um, what do you reckon? We get into some normal click pitch? Yeah. Then why don't you tell, tell our listening audience how click pitch works? Um, yeah, so hopefully we haven't put people off by, you know, these reviews of of real games that people put lots of real people in the real world are playing right now. Uh, but what we usually do on this podcast is we come up with game designs based on a random word generator. So, uh, on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to get an adjective and a noun. 
Uh, we're going to say them out loud. We're going to smush them together into a brand new game design. Uh, and uh, we'll go for, you know, however long we feel like talking about it and then do another one. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Okay. Developing phase. Introductory wreck. Okay. So this puts me into some sort of, like, vehicle building something. Like, you've got the development phase, you've got a- a wreck, maybe that you start, maybe you're, or maybe you're, t- maybe you have to use the parts from a wreck mm-hmm. to build and develop other things, right? So maybe the story starts with like a plane wreck or a boat wreck or something, and but really, it's it's a lot about coming up with these different, uh, whether it is vehicles, it could be in sort of a Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts kind of way where you're, you really got a fairly robust vehicle maker and, and then have, and then you've got this island that you're exploring essentially. Yep. I'm just wondering whether you can take your introductory vehicle. Yeah. And when, when you first wreck it, it's like, okay, now you can choose what to develop it into. And, oh, you know, okay. you can, you can maybe go, okay, I've got, I've got enough pieces here that I can take this tank that I was given so I can take the tank tread and that sort of stuff, yeah. but I can maybe, I don't know, construct some wood around it and make a catapult or, you know. Right. I do like the idea of almost in a Lego-ish kind of way that every time you want to uh, redevelop your vehicle or your tools into something new, you have to destroy the old one. Yeah. Uh, and the pieces just kind of go everywhere and then you can pick them all up again along with whatever new pieces you've collected along the way and now you're building something bigger and better uh, or or more suited for whatever the problem is ahead yeah. of you. That's cool. I, I like the idea of, of you know, uh, particularly if you- if, and, and I don't think we- I was sort of thinking maybe we could procedurally generate like which parts you get, but I think it might actually be better as almost a Metroidvania-ish sort of vibe where until you've got, you know, the hang glider parts, you're stuck on this little island driving around. You can yep. make a few different vehicles to, you know, you can make a more off-roadish one to get through here and then you need to- crash that and make you know a smaller one out of only some of the parts so you can go caving and then you finally get to the top of the mountain and you get the hang glider bit you smash your vehicle attach the hang glider and now you can get over to the next island and okay now you've yep. got like flying stuff in there okay by the end of it though what i would like is for you to be able to combine like the boat stuff and the hang glider stuff and the car stuff into like a into you know Ultimate an amphibious kind of- craft that can fly and yeah you know oh yeah i think i think that would work really well is that like by the end of the game you've essentially got the the swiss army knife to do whatever you want (laughs) yeah you can do whatever you like and then that just helps you get around and like pick up all the collectibles you missed or you know do the side missions that you didn't get to Uh, i kind of like that as a it's a semi-open world but gated by what parts you can find on each island. Yeah. Because, um, you know, even with the hang gliding one, it's like, okay, well, you don't have propulsion, air propulsion at that point. So, yes, you can get over to that second island, but now there's nothing on that island that's high enough to, like, get to, the, you know, to glide to the next island. So, you need to then find, you know, jet 
something you can use as as a as propulsion. Yeah. A propeller or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um let's let's talk about like are you able to get out of the out of the vehicle or is it fully vehicle based? I think stuff? you have to be able to get out of the vehicle. Well, I guess you could do it both ways. I was gonna say since you need to smash it to like rebuild it, then presumably there'd need to be some out of vehicle things. But it could just be that when you smash your vehicle, you just go into like build mode and rebuild it and then you're back in your vehicle. Yeah. Um the whole thing could kind of be vehicle based. That might actually make more sense. It might actually make for better strategy because it's literally like, oh, like there's a narrow area. I, I specifically cannot just get out and go in there. I have to build a vehicle that will fit. A tall vehicle that has to still have the engine in it and, you know, yeah, the, exactly. the pulleys down can, to the wheels have to still work. I think work you don't and- have to use all your pieces for No, they, they go into the magic backpack. Well, no, I was thinking that they get left behind- so that there is some strategy there of like, oh, what, if if I leave these pieces behind, I can get through here. But am I, you know, am I going to have to come back? But it could be a situation of like, okay, you do by design. I can only take you know the piece that the, the few pieces I need to get through. Yes, this very sort of tall and thin area. You make your way through there, but then obviously like in a very sort of Dark Souls-ish way or whatever. Like, it opens up a shortcut back to where you were. It's like, oh, now I can transit through here whenever I need to with the other pieces once you've sort of yep. made- You just don't want to get to a stage where you're on the second island and then you go, oh, yeah, you know you know that part that I left back there? I'm now stuck because I've yeah, I think, totally fucked I think with some, I think with some good level design, you could either make it that, one, you literally can't get off the island without that piece, or two, just that- any pieces necessary that you might have left behind can also be found on the next island. Yeah. And the name of that game is? Um, Jack of all trades. <laughs> Not erotic ice cream smash. <laughs> Where did you come up with that one, Trevor? <laughs> because it's not like we've been using any random name generators in the episode up until this point. <laughs> Did you just air quotes remember another game you've been air quotes playing, Trevor? Yes. <laughs> okay, tell me about it. Mary Kate and Ashley's Catapult Overlords. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird time. It's sort of been out of the spotlight for a while. So for them to come back in late 2021 with Mary Kane and Ashley's catapult overlords, uh, it was really a strange situation. Um, oh my god! Do you want to talk about it at all, or should we just? Uh, oh, I think we've move got to like the. The the listening the the listening public want to know what Mary Kate and Ashley's catapult overlords is all about. Yeah, okay. well, the so fact that it the fact that it's a like that they were involved in the development, I just find so strange. So it's actually uh, let's let's go go a little bit of the backstory. When they were first coming up with the game, they they started arguing about what it should really be about. Mm. And then they sort of split into two different factions. You got Mary Kate and Ashley on the other, on either either side. Oh, okay. So they were kind of like developing their own different sections. Yeah, the way and they then wanted to. They realised that 
hey, this kind of works as, as like a combative game. And it's all catapult-based. And if you remember the game... Well, if you remember Worms, it's yeah. like it's like Worms, but it's with catapults. And Mary-Kate and Ashley are the, are the like, overlords of their respective oh, teams. Of the different sort of... Yeah, yep. the different factions. Yeah, so does it have... It, it did sort of give me a bit of a Scorched Earth vibe mm. in that way with, with the different... Uh, Sort of uh, the different stone, like what? What do you call a fucking catapult projectile? I guess just the different projectiles yeah. uh, that you could put into your catapults that then had different effects. Yeah, but what was totally different about it is, you know, they actually had you in in like first person mode loading the um the cannon, uh, the catapults, yeah, pulling to, like, it down aim it and stuff. Uh, adjusting how much power there was and adjusting the angle and then you could you know launch the launch the projectile. Yeah, well that is an interesting that was an interesting choice to you know to bring it away from that scorched earth worm sort of thing where you had you know at least a a short directional indicator of where something was going to go. This is very much you can only aim it and move it when you're in that first person mode uh and then have it, and then the way that it sort of zooms out to the side in that more traditional worms mode to fire, but you don't have any more control there. Like yeah. you, you really have to, you have really have to get a sense for, uh, yeah, how like I mean, the good thing change, is that yeah. you can actually select between the different camera modes, so you can follow the projectile and it shows you how far off to the left or right you actually mm. were and all this sort of stuff. If you take out that catapult operator, there's some amazing stuff that can actually happen. Basically, until uh, for the next turn, until they yeah. get a new catapult operator, that catapult is out of operation. Yeah, I, I, I may not have been good enough when I played it. Yeah. Because uh, I only played it briefly, but I, I don't think I managed to entirely knock out just the catapult operator. I was just destroying the catapults, but... Yeah. Um, that's so they have... Do you see them, like, running in from the... Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. castle or from, from the castle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's cool. It's kind of neat. Did they take that into account? Like... If you're further away, does it take- do they lose more turns or did they just make it that it sort of moves as fast as it needs to? Basically, they just start running and it, it takes approximately a turn. Like, right, even okay. when they get there, if if it's only just outside the castle, even if they get there instantly, they spend the next, you, you know, turn fixing up the catapult, getting yeah, it ready Yeah, well, to they go. need to get all their settings right. Like, get their seat to the right angle and- Yeah. Like, when I get into our car. Yeah. Our car, yeah. Our car, yeah. Not yours and mine, like- Oh, the car I thought you were talking I'd- about the car that we own together. <laughs> no, Trevor, that's a piece of shit, that car. Oh, don't you can have it. It's fine. Just because it's a Datsun 120Y, like, it's it's a, it's it's a good car. I can't even fit into it. My legs are too long. That's why um, I have to- I really didn't like the fact that they called it Mary Castle and, and like- Mary's Castle instead of Mary Kate's Castle because it's like yeah that was confusing to like I'm so used to her being just Mary Kate, but then uh, they they with Ashley's Castle and they made it Ashlassle. It's like <laughs> wait because they just called it Mary Mary's Castle, not Mary Mary Mary's Kate's- Castle or Mary Castle like Mary Kate Mary, Mary Castle, Castle Mary Kate and Castle oh, together. Okay, so they sort of sort of trying to force a yeah trying to force a pun. Yeah, like a portmanteau in there. Yeah, that's... It's just weird. That... 
I really feel like this is one of those situations where, like, do you think because Elizabeth, like, their younger sister Elizabeth is now so famous and they're kind of out of the spotlight that uh, they're sort of trying to find their way back in and this was the only way they could do it? Yeah, but then they, then they had, like, that, that whole Scarlet Witch tie-in thing when they launched, like- you know, I mean, maybe she was just they're riding them a bone. on the coattails. You can maybe tell she's just throwing them a bone. She feels bad for them. Yeah, because it definitely it definitely I just know feels all the dialogue like sounded kind of- like it came out of uh, WandaVision. Like, it- <laughs> yeah, but the the dodgy like the sitcomy version of it has just felt very like wooden and on the nose. I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> it just really feels like they they these two celebrities came in and wanted to make a game, and they just kind of let them do what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting one. Uh, should we go back to Click Pitch? Now yeah, that you've sure. Got us distracted by remembering games that you've played recently. It, it it's going to happen every now and again. Now now that we've brought this in, yeah, like, it's true. It's just going to happen. True. Dread Hog, Happier Abstract, Beer and Abstract, Dread and Hog. No, no, not beer. Happier. Oh, happier. Can be beer, maybe. <laughs> I want to go with beer. Dreadhog. I like Dreadhog as just like the name of a faction or or a or a, a town villain even. or a town, the town of Dreadhog. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, okay. What happens in this town of Dreadhog? I think it's got something to do with a cemetery because there's just something about the word dread that sort of mm. Okay, the cemetery. That's interesting. I don't want to go just traditional zombies because that's no, no, boring. No, no, no. What would happen in Dreadhog? <laughs> is this a is this a modern town or is this like a fantasy town? Like fantasy, sort of I think. fantasy, fantasy, um, fantasy, fantasy. Okay, so this sort of fantasy medieval town of Dreadhog, and all of a sudden. The cemetery, no one can enter the cemetery. They don't know why. Like, there's just sort of a invisible force. Okay, yeah, I like that. So, you're a new, a new, like, you know- Comer to the town. A newcomer to the town. And you turn up and only the the day before, or the two days before, like, did this force field actually come up? And you've actually come to town for for a funeral. Okay. That's cool. And basically- Is the funeral happened before this or it's that like on the day of the funeral is kind of when this starts it, it ha- happening? This started happening two days ago, the day that this guy died. Right. Okay. That's cool. And now it's his funeral, but they can't- Put him anywhere because they can't go to the uh, <laughs> right to the cemetery. <laughs> you come in. You're you're happy as Larry, and you know you know. Well, I mean, can't be. Why why are you here for this funeral? Were you close to them? Can't be too happy if they if you're there for a funeral. I don't know. There's just something about this guy that is a little bit weird about your character. About your character. Okay. So I I like the setup a lot. Uh, yes. Sort of a, doing something a little bit different in, in that way where there's a bit of 
it's a paranormal, but it's not, it's not jump scares. It's not gross scares. It's just, you know, something weird going on in this town. Is this, uh, like an adventure game kind of thing? Like um, walking around and talking to people in the town? I think it's more of a Mass Effect-y sort of thing in which it's third person stuff, but you do have to go around talking to people and, and yeah. like doing the RPG sort of stuff. But then there are action sequences of, of like, you know, something that happens in, happens in the bar or something like that, that, yeah. you know, has a bit of action Dodging sequence and, and having, to, having to dodge out of the way of punches and get upstairs and break out through a window. And then there's the run across the, across the rooftops in town and yeah. So, I mean, maybe even just a little, like, uncharted Last of Us-esque where it's- Yeah. You know, a lot of exploration and climbing things and whatever, and then, you know, split up with some action scenes and, uh, you know, imagine maybe some horse riding stuff. stuff. Yeah, just different set pieces. Uh, Yeah, that's that's cool. So, what is it- Presumably, then, it's something about this person who's died that has caused- this to happen is it them is it their spirit like not wanting to be buried i i know i kind of like the idea that this is your brother who has died okay and you're like the estranged sister that has come back yep. to town and you're super happy because you know that now you've taken you've gone up a up a up a post in the um in the will oh in the will i thought this okay yep uh, you know, because y- your dad's still alive and all this sort of stuff, and your brother. I thought you were going to say that she knew something about this mystical force, and like it's it's like she's now more powerful because her brother's well, dead. It's, or something. It's, it's, I know we could go a, we could go a Highlander thing here of you know there can only be one. <laughs> well, I kind of I, li- I kind of like the idea that like the closest to the top of the family tree you are, the more powerful or something. And it was the older brother, but like their. Uh, uncle is still alive or something so he's kind of hoarding all the power almost until he dies and so there's a bit of some people in the family are fine with their position and don't want more power but some people in the family are like trying to kill off the older generations mm. yeah it's kind of just a fun little uh inter-family conflict yeah i i do like that quite a lot okay so is this is this whole thing a almost like a setup by your uncle trying to get you in town so he can murder you too? Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. That not only is it that you're more powerful the closer you are to the top of the family tree, but like anyone below you in the family tree dilutes your power to a certain degree. Yeah. So there's a bit of yeah, a bit of Highlander, a bit of uh, Jet Li's the one. Jelly, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where there's just- Did this start- Like, has this been going forever or, like, in this family? Or is it a more recent thing of, like, a, like at a particular time, you know, there were three or four generations alive and now there's, like, however many are left, because, you know, and, and so you were alive at the time that this came about. Or is it more you've been born into this, it's been going for generations and- Somehow, I kind of like the idea that you were born into this has been going for generations, but you were born 300 years ago. And because there is so little 
people left in the family. Every time that someone dies, you seem to get, you know- Rejuvenated and- Rejuvenated and more powerful and all this sort of stuff. And you don't have to bring it in straight away, but I like the idea that it's sort of- It's now down to there were literally only three people left in the family and it's your, your uncle, you, and- your another sibling or cousin maybe or well something. i was thinking um maybe child and you're right. now protecting oh, okay that's that is cool i was thinking that either like that we would at least need for there to be some offspring by the end of the game at the very least yep. but no i think it's probably cleaner to just have it that she already has a child maybe a secret child that she's been keeping from yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I like that. So, then the uncle presumably killed the brother. Yes. Because and basically- you don't reali- the, you uncle don't realize- knows, the uncle felt when the baby was born because he felt his power- Diminish. Dilute, diminish to a certain degree. Just like you felt when your brother was killed because you felt your power yeah. grow. And- Maybe your brother was helping you then. Maybe your brother was trying to protect your child as well. But you but you also you come in happy because you know that your your brother can finally rest. Because yeah. in this family you don't die of old age. You yeah. you basically You only die by murder. Yeah. <laughs> by uh familicide? What is it called when you murder someone in your family? I don't know. Famicide? Nephew side. <laughs> is there a general I don't know. Yeah, so I I no, I quite I quite like the idea that you can play with these sort of even abstract, you know, using your word, abstract sort of um ideas that mm. you don't have to go too deep into it because your character may not necessarily know all the all the deep lore behind it. Well, I, I like then the idea particularly in a Mass Effect way of it's like your your character, she's been trying to stay out of it. Like she's just she's just wanted to live. She's just wanted to raise a child. But now she knows she has no choice with her brother dead. But she has to learn to harness some of this power to fight back. And yeah. so that gives you that RPGish opportunity to like be learning powers, essentially skills as you go through this and then you can have some cool combat issues sort of do like the idea of the uncle like not wanting to be involved in any of this whole any of this stuff like he's he deems it too too low for his power so he sends other people in his stead to do it yeah well and i think i there might also be an aspect of maybe it's that these people can literally only be killed by people in their family. So he doesn't want, like, it was risky for him to go and kill the brother, but he's left. Like, he did not want to be there when you came because he knew that that was a risk. He had to, like, build up his power again or, like, you know, recalibrate after his new, like, after his power has increased from the death of your brother. And that just gives that opportunity of, oh, like, you having to maybe hunt him down. And yes, in the meantime, he's sending people after you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get some nice, some nice action scenes with some cool, like, I don't know, telekinetic blasts and different, uh, I don't mean, again, that's very Mass Effect, but, um, these different powers that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's- and I guess they're all trying to capture you if you can literally only be killed by members of your family, but- Maybe he does- Maybe he's really working with some dark arts and he's figured out a way where he can, like- He uses, like, a drop of his blood and mixes it with these people. And so, it's like, oh, they have the ability to kill you because they have some of the family blood in them. They've literally got bullets with the family blood in them. And that's what he (laughs) can- They douse the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. I actually really like this- general sort of law that we're building up here for this family. But also the fact that you can see the gameplay straight away. Like, it's- Oh, yeah. It's, you know, probably more on on the hack and slash side than the um the gun side of things. You yeah, may be coming well, up against- We were talking medieval originally, but maybe we go a bit more- Like, more like 1800s kind of- Yeah. Kind of vibe. Um, where I don't know, I, I think rather than like Wild West, I don't know what I don't want like deserts and or like the the no. You know, I, I was thinking very, was thinking- very English countryside, yeah, sort of stuff. That's kind of where I was going too. Um, I definitely had a vision of like crouching down behind a like cobblestone fence, you know, um, fence around a field or whatever, and yep. having the bullets bounce off it, and then you blasting a. You know, a telekinetic blast and the fence just, you know, blows up with rocks going everywhere. Like, you can Fuck imagine yeah. some really cool- Some really cool moments with the the physics and stuff. And just, you know, as you're going through Dreadhog and you you see back when you were- When you were young and you first met your- You know, the love of your life and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, you know, you can have- It feel almost- so far back in time that it it feels a bit weird that you know you're now in sort of Victorian era, but it feels like it was medieval almost, right? Yeah. Because you because of how long you've been alive, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. I I love that. I think that's fantastic. I want someone to steal that idea and make this <laughs> fucking action RPG uh, with some real poignant family drama and. Protection of your child and stuff. That's that's awesome. Okay, three, two, one, click. Yep. Let's do at least one more. We'll and, see unless you unless you've got another game that you're you're thinking of, and uh, <laughs> I did play a little bit of Mickey's Chicken Operation. Mickey's Chicken Operation, and that's the one yeah. that it, you expected to be very much Disney, but it's actually just- it's another guy called Mickey, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think- I'm surprised that they managed to get it out legally, but I think they- because there's no mice in it, there's no, you know, nothing there, I think, because obviously Mickey's just a name, they can't really copyright it to trademark they can't copyright to that degree. A, a name like Mickey, like there's lots- there's lots of Mickeys out there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, this isn't there. They they did have some trouble because I know that Disney Plus is coming out with like like how Netflix has got its games. Disney Plus is coming out with some like exclusive game stuff, mm-hmm. um, and they did have I think it's like Mickey Mouse um, Master Surgeon or something. So there was some similar things oh, there. Where he operates on all the ducks, and yeah, so like Donald, yeah, like and Daisy Donald, and- Huey, Dewey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, this is. This is unrelated to that, 
And it's not, so it's, again, I think they got away with it because operation in this case is not like surgery. It's like uh, an operate, like it's a, it's actually like a heist. Yes. And so it's, it's essentially this guy who has assembled this team of chickens Mm -hmm. to pull off uh, like jewel heists and stuff. Uh, so it's sort of, it's really quite wacky. It's kind of this, it's, it's actually really nice. It's this side scrolling retro pixel art sort of thing. And so you have yep. these great, you know, scrolling across the scene and just this, all these chickens doing all their little animations and stuff. It's really like a, a, a real, uh, feast, I guess you could say to, uh, to watch. Um, it's a feast for the eyes. Because it's, um, uh, who did they, they got, um, Octavia Navarro to do the pixel art. Like it's one of, oh, um, they did Thimblewood Park. Yeah. And so if you've seen any of his, like, kind of super detailed, low res pixel art stuff, (laughs) um, it's very much in that vein, which is really, which is really quite fun. Oh, I think I remember that these are the developers that made Feverish Yak in the Hood. Yes. Yeah, that was the previous one. Yeah. 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 But so, in this one, you've got this side-scrolling view and you kind of- You're, like, sending chickens through the- Like, through the vents and stuff. And they've got a few different things. There's almost a lemmings-ish thing to it where you can say, okay, this chicken- These chickens are set up to, like, distract. And so, you send them, like, through the- You tell them sort of where to pop up. And then these other chickens are, like, attack chickens that can- um, That can actually take down guards and that sort of thing. And then you have some really, like, comical- Moments where you can upgrade a chicken to be, like, uh, an acrobat chicken. And so, they get through, like, the laser wires and stuff to, like, oh, disable nice. things. Oh, uh, nice. Obviously, they can't fly for very long, but- No, um, but you have moments- Yeah. You, it, again, in that sort of lemmings way, um, you start off with X amount of chickens. You're trying to get through the whole heist and the different areas of it. And the more you have at the end, like, the higher score you get. And so, you get these real fun little moments where if you do mistime something or you you, you haven't set, uh, you know, set a chicken to be the right role, they'll just explode in, like, a puff of feathers and a squawk. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. That, that's cool. Um, there was talk about being able to set up um, astro- astrological signs for each of the chickens. Did they did they did they put that in in place? Uh, they well they they do have like procedurally generated, what do you call like dossiers for each okay, chicken yep, that yep. you can you can click on the chicken they've got like a name, date of uh, birth, or date, date, of date, date of hatch I should say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they use that actually. I think it's like a doh, which is kind of funny. Uh, and they do have a star sign, but yeah, um, I'm not sure it comes into play particularly. I think it's. Oh, I, I think I think you have to actually, in order for it to come into play, you have to look at the uh, newspaper each morning and get the um, get the local, like the horoscope. The horoscope, and um, if you read it, that stuff comes true in the in the run. Oh, okay. So maybe that's an like that might be an extra layer that I haven't either unlocked or just enabled. Um, like what sorts of things? Um, so it'll say if <laughs> it'll it'll say for for like an Aries or Leo that um they're prone to falling today. Right. So 
So you have to have a better sense of which chicken has which which star, star sign, sign um, and then maybe not and, assign them to like, you know, the flying um, roll. Because Jupiter is in the fifth house, uh, Virgos are very lucky today. Um, right. And it basically means that- uh, And this is just going off, off my memory of what I quickly read. Um, yeah. It means that any Virgos that you've got will, will literally pass every single roll that they do, even if it's like a 10%. Right. So okay, yeah, that's weird. Like, I think that must be an extra system of like pluses and minuses that they add. Um, maybe it's sort of a a more difficult mode because uh, it seems like a really weird thing to add to that game. It's strange that they did <laughs> very <that>. weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and just for the art, just for the artwork, uh, it's it's worth it. Um, did you, did we have any more time? Do you think, no, do you want to- well, I, I think we can do one more review. Well- Okay, you've got I, I something we, you wanted to talk about? No, you and I both need to talk about this game. You know it. Yeah. You yeah. know it, you love it. Gothic Puppy, Third Strike. Uh, yeah. Okay. We can talk about that a bit. Uh, it's- I'm just not good at it, so I haven't been, like, <laughs> wanting to talk about it. Yeah, I'm just- so I'm not good. big on fighting games. Like, it really- they're not really my cup of tea, but I have been enjoying it. What's what? How can you not be good at it? Like, it's dogs. It's gothic. It's you know a three D fighter. Yeah, like, and I'm the just, story I'm not, is amazing. The backgrounds, the sto- well, and that's why I've kept with it is the story. But um, I don't know, just like. 3D fighters like that, like the the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat and stuff. I'm just terrible at them. I just not. I'm just not good at them. <sighs> well, if you're not going to talk about the story, then I'll have to. I'll have to go into it. So anyway, we open up on like this this gothic castle and this old grey puppy. Well, not a puppy anymore. He's an old grey, like old withered old dog, uh, sitting on a throne looking out to all his many children and he basically says that rather than give up my throne to one of you you have to beat all the rest of your brethren in a tournament and down comes some cages and there's a big <laughs> free for all that happens you choose your you choose your puppy at the very start and it's just sort of like a free for all and from then on, like, the story just goes on this huge, huge sort of um, adventure throughout the castle as you mm. as you come up against other other members of the of the puppy family. Yeah, so I mean, I played it a bit. So obviously, I saw the opening cinematic, uh, and that was that was pretty cool. I've I have enjoyed meeting. So I've only got up to, um. Tulip, I think, like one of your sisters. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, I have a few fights in, but uh, I have enjoyed the way that they really flesh out the story through the interactions with yep. the other siblings. I guess you'd like the other, the, the rest of your litter. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget, like, you can only choose at the very start between, like, four different puppies because you yeah. can only choose from the latest litter. Yeah, and I mean, that obviously makes sense because they, 
there's a set story through it with all the other siblings. Yes. Do you meet? Do you, like, are those are the other three options? Do they go into the pool of people you can fight, or are they just do they just not show up? Again? Um, I I finished three of the four puppies. Right. And I've unlocked another two, so oh, so there's more like starting. There's characters definitely more starter characters, and it's like they all have different fights all the way through the, and they take different routes throughout yeah. the castle. So it's not like okay. when you so there's play a fair bit of stuff in there. Uh, when you play, you know, as uh, Chester, which is everyone's default choice because Chester yeah. is just so cool. With the, I mean, it's the cutest like, one to start yeah. with. He's got a mohawk. I mean, who doesn't yeah. like a mohawk on a puppy? Um, and it's, it's his ears that they've, like, put up into a spiked yeah. thing. It's so cool. Yeah, and his and his collar is just, you know... Spiked I mean, as well, and it's very but, punk but vibe. It's very punk punk vibe, but the fact that you can, you can actually, like, enhance the collar, like... Mm. He's he's got a magic collar um, that you know can be enhanced by Puppy Merlin, which is you know a, an amazing Easter egg. Like like the fact that they brought in Puppy Mer- Puppy Merlin from the Gothic Puppy First Strike like TV series, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you go down to the depths of, of the castle, and I don't know whether you realise this, but the king. You know who he is, don't you? What do you mean who like who voices him? No, who who he is from from the TV series. Oh, in the character. Well, I haven't really watched the TV series. Uh, Why not? It's not It's so awesome. I don't know. It's it's too it's too Pokémon-ish like in that way that it I don't know, it's not my style the way that it uh it's Wilfred plays out. The king is Wilfred. The protagonist Wil- of the first series. Oh, okay. No, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> I've only, I've really only played it for, uh, like whatever's in front of you in the in the game itself. Like, sure, that story is good there, oh, but I no, guess no I'm, I'm missing out on a bit to, of. No wonder you haven't wanted to go through the whole thing. I mean, there's, you know, there's the Americanized Gothic Gothic Puppy First Strike and Second Strike TV series. Yeah. Um, Third Strike, it's based more off of the manga. And of course, before that, before even all that sort of stuff, you had all the, all the old Japanese anime. That, yeah, that was just all. There's on, too much stuff. Like I just, like, I generally, one of my main problems with these sorts of franchises is I never just, I never know where to start. So like, I pl- I'm playing the game because it it's recent and it looks cool, and you know, I sort of was in the mood to get back into a uh, into a fighter, but I can't. I'm not going back to watch like. TV shows. There's from only the 400 episodes and- of, the, of the anime, and then there's you know another 15, 15 <laughs> is, the first strike, and then this is why I'm not an anime 50 fan. 50 of of second strike. Like it's it's. I mean, you can you can you can skip like the um you can skip most of the anime, like yeah. just just watch the last 250 episodes. It's, it's yeah, good. I'm not doing that. Call me when the movie comes out. It already came out. No, the the like the live action. I know that aren't they planning like a live action, like American oh, no, no, production? No, you don't want to watch that. You want to watch. You want to watch the 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 best way to watch it is no, watch- because that's just essentially an extension of the anime. Like I'd still have to have watched all that other stuff. I need something self-contained, 
Like they did, de- like Detective Pikachu, right? That was great because I didn't need to know that much lore about Pokemon. I could just watch a fun, cool story. Give me that for Gothic Puppy. I'll be happy. I'm not. I'm not. But, but if they try fucking with, if if they try to do what they did with Avatar, then they're gonna like Avatar. Yeah, well, the don't last fucking hire Airbender. M Night Sh- Shyamalan to do it. Like, get someone good. Put, give it to the Wachowskis. True. See what they did. Speed Speed Racer, Racer. That was pretty fucking awesome. Like, they could rock a gothic puppy third strike. Oh, they could. No, you wouldn't. You you'd need to go over the whole anime series. So, oh, fine. But whatever. Base it on. They probably wouldn't call it any. They'd probably just call it Gothic Puppy. They they could. They could probably base it on the first hundred episodes. Not much happens in the first hundred episodes anyway. But if they can wrap it up in like a super high stylized, high speed stylized prologue. Then all the better for it. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone you could, completely just- off track <laughs> talking about the fucking gothic puppy anime. <sighs> I think we should. So anyway, gothic up. puppy third strike, fucking awesome game. Uh, gets it's a, fine. Gets seven and a half out of out of me. It's. I great. do. I do like. I, I do kind of want to unlock some of those other players first because they did. They did give this, like, the starting characters very different starting moves and stuff that really, it does play up the gameplay nicely. Yes. Uh, very up the gameplay nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially Ghostface, the one that's mm. dressed up in the screen mask. Yeah. See, is that from the anime or is that a weird, like, Easter eggy thing for the game? It's kind of a bit of both. Okay. It's where it's where it's where the screen character first came from is the goth puppy <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> set me over the edge. If you want to find all our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know speci- specifically what you thought. I've got the coffee. Specifically what you thought of the last couple of episodes. We have been mixing it up a little and we would like to hear. Uh, We're having so what, much fun. What you think. With- We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> um, if you like the song that you hear at the start and end, that is Matt Defiance of the Um Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Ghostface. Best character. Has a butcher knife. And a weird... Like- <laughs> Puppy with a butcher knife. <laughs> yes. Yes.